OTB Rugby. The last thing you want to do is actually give inspiration. That said, you can talk all you like when you've had three man of the matches in eight games. You know, you're delivering on the pitch. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, yeah, it's, it just can't keep these uh, can't keep this panel quiet in the in the break, debating the rights or wrongs, and the debate goes on about that English red card. Brent Pope, you're not returning. You're not. Returning. No, well, I was just watching the uh, uh, commentary there by Virgin, and I think uh, Shane Hogan summed it up correctly. Whether you believe it or not, it, it's a duty of care, and I think was it intentional? No. Uh, you know, but it was naive because he was in the air, he was leading with the shoulder, he didn't make if he'd have made an attempt to tackle and put his arms out, okay, there's mitigation but I think uh, the referee was left with no alternative to say what were the mitigating factors he wasn't getting his body down low he didn't pull out of the tackle, he wasn't making a rap tackle, once you take those mitigating factors out of it now, you know, it can be said it's unfortunate because it's not intentional but duty of care needs to be shown, so I think the right decision was made does it ruin England's chances you'd have to say yes as advantage island you'd have to say yes but I think we've got to be clear uh, that's why I was suggesting that they that they undertake the, the ruling down in the southern hemisphere which the trialling is that the player goes off as, as a yellow card or a red card they have a look at it for the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever then they make the decision does the card stand or can he come back on because then that's no different from a yellow card and just getting it wrong so he gives them a red card he goes off the field for 10 minutes they have a look at it and say no there's mitigation and he comes back on why Uh, can't they do that second half about to begin Richie Forrestal red card or no red card Um. I, I'm not sure, Johnny. I wouldn't be. You're, you're asking the wrong man. Brent Pope knows more about it than I do. He didn't look like he could do a lot to come out of it. Um, I'm with you, Richie. Time. But, but as, as Brent suggests, maybe if the arms came out, the fact that he kind of led with the shoulder probably put him in bother, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you know more about racing than Brent because Brent seemed to be implying earlier that all the Irish uh, people in the ground today were their pockets full after Cheltenham, which wasn't uh, wasn't necessarily wasn't necessarily well, some I, some some wasn't necessarily Richie what I was hearing from everyone. But how was it for you? Uh, it wasn't a bad week for punters, I don't think, Johnny. Um, you know, you had. You had a lot of the what I would say the right horses winning, like you had the right horse winning the Gold Cup yesterday. Um, obviously, Constitution Hill won, and Ergamine won the Champion Chase. We had a, a surprise in the Stairs, uh, obviously, but you had the right horse winning the Neptune Novices, the Ballymore Novices, I should say. So I don't know. I think it, you know you could have gone either way. There were some upsets, and there were some. Um, some more predictable ones I'd suggest yeah I think that's fair enough I suppose we cast uh, our mind back to uh, Tuesday um, for me Richie with the victory of, of Honeysuckle and all that entailed on the emotional uh, scale uh, added to what was for me the greatest performance I've ever seen by a jumper at the racetrack in Constitution Hill um, it was very very hard to top this yeah, uh, I, I'm a bit slower with the hyperbole, Johnny. Um, I don't know if it's the greatest performance I've ever seen. You know, maybe hindsight will eventually suggest it was, but, you know, in, in due course, I, I should say. But at the moment, you know, it was an incredible performance, no doubt about that. He's a very, very exciting animal. Um, you know, I like to see him do it over a, 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 you know, course of a couple of years, if at all possible. You like to see their resilience, their physical resilience, their mental resilience, mm. that they can stay at and keep coming back to the well. Um, but he was an outstanding um, champion hurdle winner. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, I would I would suggest surely probably the best two-mile hurdle horse we've seen since Ista Brack at this stage. Um, but as I'd say, it would be nice to see him 
stick at it and be able to keep doing it because that's the sign of the real greats. Um, you talk about, you know, the best ever horses or performances. For me, it was Cato Star. Um, and why was that? Well, because he could do it over two miles. He could do it over three. Individual performance, he did it, pardon? In terms of one individual performance, that's the best I've ever seen. Mm. As a jumper. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it was very good. Like, But I mean, you're talking, like, what did he beat? He beat Stateman, who, who, who is a county hurdle winner from last year, who's won one champion hurdle um, and a couple of great ones. I'm not I'm not downplaying uh, Stateman, by the way, Johnny. I'm just saying, you know, the, the, the winners of the three previous champion hurdles weren't in the race. So I'm, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be calling it the greatest performance I've ever seen. Um, I've seen Cato Starr winning King George's by half the track. Um, you know, we've seen some exceptional performances from horses like Sprinter Sacra and Ista Brack and Moscow Flyer over the years. He's a very, very, very good horse, but let's see what he does over the next couple of years. Um, as I say, I go back to go back to Cato Starr for me. You know, he did it year in, year out. He did it over all sorts of trips and he kept coming back and he came back from adversity and he kept doing it. So that's the bar for me in terms of, um, you know, the greatest horses I've ever seen. So, but that hour on Tuesday was just something to behold. Um, You know, I think a lot of people had written Honeysuckle off. There was a lot of of money for her late in the end that came. Um, But I think a lot of people had felt that she was regressing. Uh, on the basis of her previous two runs, I didn't. I was of the view that she had held her form quite well, and she'd run into a very good horse in Stateman. Um, so then you're you're being you're actually half contradicting yourself I, here because I was going to say that it sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like you might, I might be contradicting myself, but he, I, I'm not talking. I, as I said, Johnny, I'm not talking down Stateman. Yeah, I'm just in the in the context of what Constitution Hill got to beat the other day. Um, you know, probably one good horse, um, but. She, her form I thought um, this season I didn't think there was a whole lot wrong with it and if you look at her run at Leopardstown she nearly fell at the back of the third last hurdle mm. and she still stuck her head out to finish second so I thought that was a good level of form against the mares you know she had beaten Epitant before um, she was a better mayor on ratings than any of the mayors she faced on Tuesday but aside from all that she got the job, do- job done and just the way that herself and Rachel surfed back into the winner's enclosure. What was that like? Um, it was incredible to be there. I, um, you know, I haven't seen that before. No, we've seen some great receptions for good horses over the years, um, but I haven't seen the place absolutely black with people on all levels at the back of the grandstand there, Princess Anne stand, the new stand. Um, it was absolutely rammed with people all the way down around the winner's enclosure around the parade ring it was just rammed um, and the reception you got I mean there's a there's a, a couple of videos there. I think David Pipe put up a great video um, and you can see it all you can see all the people uh, there and you can see Rachel a little dot in the distance walking in and when she lifts her arms the place just erupts um, it was a fantastic moment and I think people bought into it obviously you know watching in your neutrals because of the the background and the subtext to, to the story from Henry um, de Bromitz and and Heather de Bromitz's point of view, what happened to their son Jack um, around six months ago, um, you know, it, it's it was just um, a very kind of emotional afternoon. You know, we've had the high of of Constitution Hill, and then you have the emotion of uh, honeysuckle. It was just all very um, very touching. Yeah, and I just I was making this point myself during the week um, whether. 
you know, whether grief gets any easier or whether anything gets any easier in this situation is, I guess, subjective. But I, I do believe that the likes of Honeysuckle and Anva Alain winning, I do think that actually helps. I, th- I think that helps Heather and Henry and family deal with um, Jack not being there. I'm sure it does. Yeah, look, I I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like to um, presume anything in relation to that. I mean, you you know, him, you're saying you don't in a situation like that, the, your your son is gone forever. Um, so you know, it, it will help. I suppose in the short term, it's it 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 maybe helps as a as a, a bit of a lift and a distraction. Mm. Um, but there is nothing really can 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 make up for for what's happened and you know, it's, it's a measure of henry it that he's kind of terrible terrible yeah. tragedy like and 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 you can see in the emotion in, in them ever mm. since you know it's not easy for them um but you'd like to think that moments like that would just give them a little bit of a release and it's it's amazing the the measure of the man that you know you deal with something like that and you have to essentially go straight back to work in this game there was really no alternative and they're straight away back training these top class horses and and trying to get on with life and then face the cameras as well yeah, and he's he's been brilliant in that respect. Um, I suppose that's the nature of life, isn't it? The, the world keeps spinning, and we've got to try and find a way forward, even in in dark times like that. Um, he has a great team of people around him. Um, you know, Davy Roach, Zoe Smalley, people like that, and mm. um, you know, you, you've also got um, Rachel, stable jockey there, and and he told a lovely story about how on the morning after um, Jack was killed in in Ross Bay. At Glen Bay races, you know, he he uh, he walked into the yard and he saw a girl coming out of the stable at one point around eight o'clock in the morning, and this was a Sunday morning, um, and it turned out to be Rachel Blackmore, and you know, uh, it's safe to say she wouldn't have been expected to be there on uh, on a Sunday morning normally at eight o'clock, but she had just rolled up her sleeves and wanted to be there and support them and and do whatever she could to help at the yard. So they've got a, a great team around them, obviously, um, and. You know, and as he keeps saying, you know, the racing industry is is very tight and close knit, and maybe um, insular at times. Uh, you know, it might be perceived as a negative, um, but in in times like this, it's certainly a positive. You know, people have really kind of put their arms around them and tried to help them along. And he's been, you know, he's been great throughout. He, you know, he's he's always fronted up, and he's been willing to speak about it and 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 so on. You know, so it's. It's just impossibly hard on them, even now, you know, it's it's six months down the line and it's just still very hard to come to terms with. Yeah, echo everything you say there, Richie. Yeah, incredible family, the Deromheads. And um, yeah, that was Honeysuckle, is certainly one of my Cheltenham highlights from um, so many perspectives um, of all time. Just bring this on to the Wednesday then, Richie. Uh, Honor Gamine, um, I wouldn't go overboard about what he achieved in the champion chase with his main market rival flopping, but uh, he was good. Yeah, yeah, um, fairly straightforward, wasn't it? Um, you know, it, they've been a bit in and out that two mile chaser ch- chasing bunch, um, and with Shishkin gone up and trip, it was probably left a little bit light. Um, as you say, his main rival Edward Stone flopped, just didn't jump well enough, didn't travel. Um, the ground came right for an Orgamine again, uh, so he it was very straightforward. I mean, you were looking at it at every point, um, and you were kind of happy that, that things were going to plan for, for the, from their point of view. Captain Guinness ran his race again for Henry de Bromid, um and Rachel. He he just doesn't stay fully um, and he got to the point of the bend almost and ran out of gas. But it was another big performance from him. 
Um, it was another good day, but it, it was going to be hard to top what had happened 24 hours earlier. But we still had some really good angles. Like you had Delta Work winning the, the cross-country race for Gordon, you know, getting Gordon Elliott on the score sheet again. And you had the, the story of um, the real Wacker winning the, the RSA, which was great. Uh, Pat, Paddy Neville, who... who isn't long relocated to England from from Limerick, getting a, a a big result in a big race. Good to see, and the day started off, of course, with Impere Pass. Uh, I'm sure you did your share of preview nights, Johnny. Um, he was the one, the talking horse from the preview nights, and the the market reacted accordingly. Even though he didn't actually go off favourite on the day, which we were all kind of surprised about. Um, and maybe that was one of the, the kind of main points coming out of that was how disappointing him, um, Hermie Allen was. You know, I didn't necessarily fancy Tamoris for um, Paul Nichols to run well in the Supreme, but I thought Hermes Allen would run a big race um, and he was nowhere near good enough. So a kind of general comment about the novices overall, I think we had the, the first eight in the Supreme, the first four in the Ballymore, um, you know, the in terms of the big two in the Arkle, the Irish horse came out on top, El Fabiola. Um, you know, we clattered them first home in the Triumph, the bumper. You know, it just looks like the the balance of power is very much kind of staying where it is. Obviously, Paul Nichols um, bucked the trend a little bit with a couple of good winners, and it's good to see him back in there because you want to see those um, heavyweight British trainers competing because the game needs that, and the Irish industry needs that because they need, you know, we need the breeders um, and so on in this country need those trainers and owners coming buying horses and if, if they're being blown out of the water the incentive isn't there for them anymore so you know it was good another good day uh, Dan Skelton also on, on with Langer Dan uh, I think his third attempt he got there in the end uh, at Cheltenham um, so yeah another good day and of course it finished off with, with one this of was the, the highlight the, the 85 year old John <laughs> Kiley what an absolute yeah. gen- genius of a man Yeah, fabulous, fabulous trainer, great guy, and a real genial gent. Um, and to team up with with young John Gleeson, Brian Gleeson's son, um, with a dream to share to win the bumper, it was a great, great result for for them. Um, and straight away, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, if you watched the race from the start, straight away, what did uh, John Gleeson do? Did you did you spot his tactics? Uh, did he track? Uh, did he go wide or did he track Patrick? Or I, I only half watched yeah, it to be honest. Basically, yeah, yeah, basically, follow Patrick. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who gave him his instructions, but it, it was very simple. I'd imagine follow Patrick, um, and he did that. Um, you could see, he, you know, Patrick is ridden in more of these bumpers than anyone the champion bumper, and he basically followed them all the way around and and pinned them later on. It was a, a a really, you know, when you're a kid riding at Cheltenham like that there's so much to take in and if you can follow someone like that around it'd be like riding in a champion hurdle um, who are you going to follow if Ruby Walsh is there you know you're going to follow him um, it, it's just a case of keeping it simple and and he did it really well he's a very good horse I'd imagine you know he's unbeaten now I thought the ground might have been gone for him so I did I, yeah. horse, but I, I, mm. I was concerned a little bit about the ground um, but he still got the job done so yeah another another fabulous day yeah John Kiley turns 86 and may only give up riding uh, out I think about 2-3 years ago an unbelievable man and yeah. back to you Richie uh, sorry to Burley obviously winning the series at 33s um, although possibly usurped on the Thursday in terms of storyline by Ambois Alain I guess that's up to you yeah, sure. They were both great storylines, weren't they? I mean, at the moment, anything kind of Henry or Rachel wins, but you know, we're all pleased to see. But that was another fantastic training performance. 
Horse had performed badly at uh, Christmas at Kempton, as had um, a Plutard, as we know, and, and um, uh, is it Arctic Brizzle is the other horse mm. that ran in the novice hurdle at Sandown. I mean, they just didn't perform his three horses in Britain, his three high-profile horses. So this was another one coming back um, and put it, posting a big performance. Again, I, I don't think it was a great Ryanair um, without knocking the winner at all. Uh, I just, you know, you had French Dynamite bang there, jumping the last couple of fences you had Shaq and Pursois who probably doesn't stay um, Shishkin is just not the horse uh, we thought he was so maybe not, not a, a vintage Ryanair but he took full advantage and we know you know from his younger days and from Down Royal earlier in the season that he is a very good horse um, and the opportunity was there for him and he took it Sir de Burley was remarkable yeah uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming uh, except the Racing Post spotlight writer I should point yes. out who, who tipped him uh, an exceptional bit of tipping Um but he loves Cheltenham, um, you know, and we know, you look back now and you see how kind of, um, I won't say how much of a certainty he was, but, you know, he was obviously well in for a couple of per temps, as we know, Johnny, and he'd been placed in this race before. Um, but just another, again, a fantastic bit of training by Gordon Elliott because he hadn't looked the same this season. Um and it's not like he was being primed for a per temps. Well, I think he I think he was actually going to going to be considered for it, but he didn't run when he travelled over for the qualifier, um, and he ended up kind of being redire- re- redirected for this, and he's ended up winning the stairs hurdle, which is remarkable, really. Uh, again, Tony Martin back among the winners with uh, with Good Time Johnny uh, and Liam McKenna, who unfortunately has had his injury problems over the last couple of years, but he's a good rider. How good a ride was this, actually? Uh, yeah, excellent. Excellent, yeah. Uh, from from a long way back, and, and met plenty of trouble in running as well. Fabulous ride. Um, I, I thought one of the highlights of the week was John McConnell winning with Seddon the Absolutely. same day. Yeah, after what happened with Maller Mission uh, in the in the four miler or the three mile six national chase um, a day earlier or two days earlier, whatever it was, he was in front as as you know and. Look, I don't know if he would have won or not, but it was kind of cruel to watch one way or another whether he got got home in front or not. I said to so, John McConnell, Richie, would you prefer to win an Irish National with this horse or this race at Cheltenham? And he's a man from County Mead, like Grace beside me here. And he's like, yeah. I'd prefer to win, which let's be honest, it's a fairly minor Cheltenham race than the 500 grand Irish National. I know. That's Cheltenham for you, isn't yeah. it? Um, and you can see that no matter what you win there, whether it's a Fred Winter or a Mayor's Chase or whatever, mm. or a Mayor's Hurdle, you know, everyone is in raptures about it because they're so hard to get. They, that, uh, yeah. And, you know, you still have a lot. I know you have a lot more opportunities these days, but, you know, try and get a winner there. It's not easy. Um, so for Seddon to go and win for him was a great result. Um, and Sam Curling as well with Angel's Dawn. Sam's a, a good point-to-point trainer, as you know, packing Road that... Um, just great to see lads like that getting on the score sheet at the festival. Um, we had a few, a few first-time winners over the course of the week, which was great. You know, we, you need to see these lads absolutely getting in the mix. Ba- Barry Connell, uh, who we didn't mention earlier on, you know, getting on the score sheet with Marine National. I know he's had he's owned winners there before, but he's a new training firm now, and and you want to see a guy like that who's putting in so much to it over the past ten or fifteen years at this stage. You you, you love to see him getting something out of it. Um, so yeah. good to see them get on get on the board as well. Uh, absolutely. Ireland uh, 10, England 9, um, Owen Farrell's kicking has been absolutely flawless in front of the six today. Maybe they have been kickable, but he's basically been flawless. And we'll get to the guys very, very shortly. 53 minutes gone, 14 man, England 9, Ireland 10. Um, the game is far from put to bed yet. Finally, Richie, and briefly, um, got to mention Paul Townend. He rode five um, grade one winners throughout the week. Um, how would you describe his ride on the favourite Gallop and Deschamps, the Gold Cup? 
Oh, it was it was a fantastic ride. No, he he got the bounce of the ball in places mm. that mm. you know you need lady luck. Like he didn't have it twelve months ago on uh, in the turners when the horse fell at the last. Um, you know, the horse jumped the fence perfectly and, and knuckled over and fell. No luck. It was just one of those things. He had the bounce of a ball a couple of times yesterday because um, when he came out, he had been tracking Rachel down the inside on a Plutard and he came out for a while to try and, and get a bit more lighter to try and avoid some of the bumping that was going on. And when he did that, he ended up avoiding um, Sounds Russian and a high senior in a horrible incident at the ditch at the top of the hill. And then when, he, when we turned into the straight, by then he had actually drifted back in. And when they straightened up with two fences left to jump, he brought his he brought Galloping out for the challenge. And sure enough, Hewick fell down the inside. So there are decisions, you know, that, that can go for you or against you. But throughout, Paul showed great calm and composure. He trusted that he had the horse underneath him. He had great faith in the horse um, and he trusted him. He didn't panic. He didn't try and when he, like he ultimately kind of missed the break as well. A few of them did. It was a ragged enough start. Um and he didn't panic. He didn't try and rush him into a position. He just sat and waited. And, and you know, it was a fabulous ride. Uh, it, very similar, ultimately, to, to Rachel's 12 months ago when you have the, the jockey on the ultimate winning horse still sitting motionless before the second last. You, you won't find too many Gold Cups where that has happened because they like to kick from the bend um, usually and get, 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 come in and go because if you're going to stay, you're going to stay. But Rachel did it last year on a Plutard and Paul ultimately did it this year on a Gallop and Deschamps as well. Um, and he, you know, he had a few uh, reverses as well during the week. I suppose appreciate, appreciate it was one I thought if he had back, he'd probably do very differently. Um, you know, so th- things didn't go all his way. He still ended up top jockey, so he hasn't he hasn't had a bad week. Um, but to go out and show the composure that he did on, on when there was so much expected, you know, in terms of uh, Gallop and Deschamps, they, there's so much expectation with a Gold Cup favour. It was just excellent. And just also to mention, great to see Brian Hayes getting a winner on impervious for Colin Murphy. Colin is a past master at Cheltenham, uh, packed up for a while and, and is going again with the past couple of years. And I was delighted to see Brian Hayes ride a winner there. He's a good, good lad and uh, gave the mayor a fabulous ride. Absolutely. Thanks a million for your time, Richie. Cheers, Johnny.